The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Running the Break. I'm Alex Long, as always, with co-host CJ Toledano. CJ, we're recording this during your five-day U.S. Thanksgiving weekend, so uh, thanks so much for your services today. Man. Oh, stop it, man. I mean, you know, the vintage and sports and uh, apparel hunting, is it never sleeps. So um, the fact that we're recording this episode today and, and our guest, it's a great pleasure of mine. Yeah, it never sleeps because uh, I woke up today and I was like, oh, wow, I just uh, went to a vintage shop online who had 60% off and bought a bunch of stuff that I probably nice. don't need. Anyways, we have our guest Gavin Clark with us. He's one of the co-owners of Vintage 905, a really cool vintage shop here in Canada, in Whitby, Ontario specifically. You know, Gavin's worked with some high profile A-list clientele, which I'm sure we're going to get to, but also want to get to know his story as well. Gavin, thank you for joining us. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. It's a it's a pleasure to be here, and really excited to talk with you guys. Yeah, and, and you know, CJ and I, we like when we have guests on to just start with some icebreakers, get to know you a little bit. So, Gavin, first question for you: What was your first NBA jersey? Oh man, this one I know for sure. Um, I wore it pretty much every day growing up. I had a Dallas Mavericks Steve Nash. Nice. What color? You know, as Homer. It was the black. It was the black black with the blue and uh you know as a canadian steve nash was that guy growing up so that was an obvious one to me and i honestly wore i wore that one out like it is uh it was well faded when i was done with it sorry did you say it was it was it a champion replica oh no it was i believe it was a reebok nice okay just yeah the reeboks are rare i feel like okay awesome yeah i had the whole set too like uh the sweatbands the headband like I was Dallas Maverick out back then. Yeah. So, like, did you guys? Was it mainly just growing up in Canada with, with in terms of like the guys you followed in the teams before the Raptors? Were you just like, hey, that person's from Canada? You know, I got to rep them. Like, how, who who are you guys following growing up in Canada as NBA fans? Nash was definitely the guy. Yeah. Um, but anybody anybody Canadian, like they did, always stand out. Uh, Rick Fox. Wow, I didn't know Rick Fox was ca- uh, Canadian. Yeah, Rick Fox of uh, of your Los Angeles Lakers. You know, wow. if you um if you look, he represented he represented Team Canada at the '94 FIBA World Championships. And, and speaking of vintage, which we're gonna get into, like I have seen that Rick Fox 
uh, Team Canada jersey, like a champion Rick Fox Team Whoa. Canada jersey, kind of floating around in the vintage space. Yeah, it's always been a little bit too pricey for me, though. Yeah, that's what I'd love to add to the collection. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, Rick it. Fox. Yeah, but but you're right though, CJ. Like I think I think early on, you know, at, you know, when the Raptors were here, even the Grizzlies too, right? Like the Vancouver yeah. Grizzlies, I think was a team that that we closely followed. And there just weren't a lot of Canadians back in the day, right? Like, like you think about the 80s, it was like Leo Routens, and you think about like, you know, Jamal McGlure, Rick Fox, and Steve Nash was, was the big deal. Uh, and, and now, like, you look at you look at the, the, the teams now, like, there's like a Canadian playing on like almost every team, it feels like. So, so it's definitely growing a lot for us. This becomes like a very Canadian episode. We start name dropping all the Canadians, but I, I do want to hear. So, like, tell us your story, how you got into sports and vintage. Were you a sports fan first before you sort of got into vintage? Like, where where did this passion start? Definitely, um, I was always a sports fan growing up. Played a lot of sports, and always uh, my family was a big sports, big sports fans. Definitely, um, basketball wasn't as big. Like, I kind of sought that out on myself. Because it was always all my friends, everybody around was always hockey. Hockey was always the big thing, and the yeah. Leafs were always huge, and it was always our year, even though it never ended up being that. Um, but sports was always a big part in like our house and stuff that I was drawn to. And then it was then between Steve Nash and Vince Carter was kind of where everything exploded on the Canadian scene and became mainstream and did kind of get the uh, following that say like the Leafs and hockey in general had around here yeah did you have like um like how how into sneakers were you were you growing up like is there like a first pair of sneakers that was like a big deal for you it's it's embarrassing to admit now because now i do i'm a sneaker guy <laughs> but i was not really into it at all growing up um it's it's embarrassing the, the the pair of sneakers that like i most remember from my childhood were the all white high top air force one looking fat farms <laughs> they <weren't even> <laughs> amazing. i didn't even have the the actual air force ones i remember getting the high top with the strap the complete knockoff of the air force one fat farm all whites and i thought they were the coolest thing that's the first pair of shoes that like i really remember uh like going out and buying and just thinking i was the coolest guy in eighth grade or whatever yeah, for those uh, for our younger listeners, Fat Farm was a huge brand. So, and I remember when like every sort of like streetwear brand from back then, it, and they weren't even calling themselves streetwear, but it was like we have to have our own Air Force One where we just replace the swoosh with the Fat Farm logo. And I I remember like I had a pair of Tommy Hilfiger um up tempo inspired Tommy Hilfiger sneakers that I wore at basketball once and got clowned and was like, oh okay, I get it. Like you, it was Tommy Hilfiger for clothes nike whatever basketball brands for sneakers so i'm right there with you and in, in terms of grabbing a pair like that yeah it's it's really interesting too like i think about like it's a really good point by you cj like a lot of those brands like back in the day in that streetwear era like i'm thinking like even like carl Kanai, i know made a shoe mm -hmm. and i think we've talked about it for like john wallace and mm -hmm. really like and one was the only one i can think of that really like kind of broke into that space and really made a mark in a way right yeah, those I actually I just got an and one shirt. I gotta find it here, but it, it the the and one like I feel like you got you watched that documentary and they were really filling the holes of the hooper outside like the cool hooper, the hooper that can buy the most expensive sneakers. Like they were really true to the culture. And I, I we haven't seen a brand like that since, but being just like, you know, paying respect and like, you know, giving a label for, for the playground hoopers almost. Uh, that's why I really loved Ann One. What about you, Gavin? Were you, did you have any sort of affection towards Ann One coming up? It's it's funny you should mention that. My first day of high school, I wore a, a camo and One mixtape hot sauce <laughs> jersey. And that was another one where I just thought, the absolute man, like this is the coolest thing. I had the, the camo shorts. I'm pretty sure the the fat farm high tops were still rocking them. Yep, yep. But uh, I remember the very first day of high school, camo and one hot sauce mixtape jersey. Hot sauce was our MJ back then for a second. No, that's that's amazing, man. Because like you know, and and one, I think I think that's what I love whenever we get guys and we get guests on that 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 are that remember that era because like just street ball and just how dominant it was. For a period of time it was just no it was it was incredible but uh let's let's take a quick break when we come back let's dive into gavin let's dive into your story your vintage shop and hear about all the stories of of the nba players and then even a-list 
musicians and then celebs that you've dealt with. So let's take a break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about all that. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back on Running the Break. We're joined by Gavin Clark. Gavin, the big reason why you're on the show, obviously, you know, Alex mentioned before, you've outfitted some of the, the biggest players in the NBA, but your, your main thing is, you know, you're the co-owner of Vintage 905. Tell us a little bit about your shop and, and, the, and the origin story there. Yeah, absolutely. So we are located just outside of Toronto, Whitby, Ontario, Canada. Um, this weekend, actually, we're celebrating our five-year anniversary. So we've been at our location now five years, um, and it's really grown from a Instagram page with zero followers and, you know, just a, a little bit of inventory into what I think is probably like, it's uh, one of the most well-known vintage stores in Canada. Um, it's really been a wild journey. It's crazy to see where we're at now. And like Alex mentioned, we've, we've really got to interact with some cool people, um, some celebrities, NBA players, and it's been an awesome journey to get to where we are. Yeah. And, you know, I remember you telling me the story, like when you started thrifting, uh, first of all, like when did you start thrifting? And, and then tell us the story. I remember you told me the story about this Keith Herring tea that I think was the first sale that you ever made, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, it really was just like, I was working a an absolute pyramid scheme of a job. Like I was, <laughs> I don't, was doing don't, like... Don't uh, get us sued, but please tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'd moved home from college and, you know, just wasn't sure kind of what my next move was. And found a sales job on Kijiji that sounded like kind of the answer to everything I was looking for. Did it for a couple of weeks and I realized we were basically just hustling furnaces to old people who didn't need them. It was, uh, wow. it was from the, it was 100% just a, a pyramid scheme of a job where only the guys who were sending out the calls were making money and you weren't sure if you were going to get paid one week. 
So I did that for a couple of weeks before really piecing together what it was. But while I was going out and doing these calls, there would be, you know, one in Mississauga at one o'clock and then you were over back east for like four o'clock. So there's all these hours in between the appointments. And what I started doing is just going to thrift stores and looking around. And I, I've always collected like books and records, tapes, stuff like that. So I started going in and looking around there, looking through thrift stores, where whatever city I was in and looking for stuff like that. And just because I had so much time to fill, I thought I'll start checking out the used clothing because it's, it, it seems crazy to think now, but thrifting and vintage and all that is not what it was. then. there was, you know, a few, like Alex would know, a few stores out in Toronto, there was your black market, your F is in Frank, like a couple of stores that people knew of, but it was not this thing as it, it is today where everybody has a shop and an Instagram page. And I remember just going the very first time I went and looked through the clothes, the maybe second thing I pulled out was just like a beautiful Nike Swingman Kobe number eight jersey. And I thought like, oh, this is this is awesome. This is twelve bucks. I'm just gonna come here every time. I just keep finding these cool NBA jerseys and finding these jackets and cool t-shirts and stuff. And I didn't know like what vintage was, but I was looking for, I'm a big wrestling fan. So I was looking for old Stone Cold Steve Austin shirts and stuff like that. And it really became like a hobby where it was fun going. And then eventually I, I got out of my pyramid scheme job <laughs> and, uh, and I just continued thrifting and I would find stuff for myself. And then eventually I'd find, you know, something cool that was too big or too small. And I would grab it anyways, and then I had friends who were saying, like, oh, like, let me let me get that off of you. And then eventually, I started posting stuff on Kijiji, found the Keith Haring shirt, like Alex mentioned, and that was my first ever meetup and sale. And I thought, like, wow, this is this is actually something I could do. And it's crazy that that is the origin story to see where we're at now, like, five years in our location, and all from just kind of driving around and finding used clothes. Yeah, I remember, I, and I try to describe to people because it's so funny. Like in the last year or so, is when my friends and um, people are like, "Oh yeah, this vintage thing seems to be big," and I'm like, "It kind of really only happened in the last few years." And um, I, I noticed that from you know there was this T-shirt, this Mount Dunkmore Nike shirt, and it, it was the Mount, it was Mount Rushmore, but it had Jordan, I think Jordan mm-hmm. Pippen, Barkley, and uh, David Robinson. And I remember I bought that shirt maybe five years ago for 40 bucks. And then you go on eBay and all the, you know, the consignment sites now, and it's like 200 bucks. And so I noticed that like a year and a half ago. Right. And so I was like, okay, so vintage, vintage is here. Like it's arrived. Things cost a lot. Was there any sort of like, you said the Kobe swingman, but was there any sort of like item or type of item that you were like, oh man, the prices jumped up. Maybe we can make a business out of this. It is like you've mentioned, CJ. Um, only in the last few years, I, I found things have really spiked. Yeah, because I remember one of the first things like I I really like turned a profit on was I, I found a a '90s Nirvana T-shirt, like an original uh, Sliver concert shirt, like pretty um pretty like well-known tee in the vintage community. Uh, one that's really popular now. They're probably five hundred plus, right? Like they can yeah. go way up. I got that one for say four bucks that day. The next day I sold it for 150 and I thought like, this is, this is, I'm going to be rich. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I had just found the cheat code and uh, I couldn't believe somebody was paying that for a t-shirt at the time. This is probably six, seven plus years ago now. And now it's like, if you were to find that t-shirt for $150, that would be a steal. So the vintage, the pricing and everything, it's always changing. It always fluctuates. Uh, It is really like stock market, the way things go up and down. But, um, it was it was steady for a while where everything kind of had a set price and then at the start of covid actually i think when everybody was at home just purely online shopping prices exploded like there were any any kind of rare 90s band t-shirt like you couldn't find for under 100 bucks and everything's always changing stuff goes up and down but there's some things that will always kind of be steady yeah no i think it's super cool too and one of the things that i really enjoy and like i've had the privilege obviously of visiting you know, you and Mike at, at Vintage 905 at the shop, and it was super cool uh, to come in. And, you know, I was just looking at my shelf. I know you guys are kind enough to gift me. I'm um, just showing you guys the big pun, Capital <laughs> Punishment cassette tape, because that's like, that's like one of my favorite. Actually, it's probably the favorite album of all time for me, and I love pun. And it's like one of the things I love about coming into the shops is just having conversations. Like aside, like forget about just the shopping, right? And I know CJ too, like we do a lot of shopping online you know, looking on eBay for stuff. 
But for me, so much of this vintage experience is like connecting with guys like you and like having those in-person conversations and just talking about like the things that we're chatting about now, like wrestling tees or like backstories and like things like that. How much of that is uh, an enjoyment for you too? Because I'm sure you have, aside from like, obviously all the big names that we we keep teasing, we're going to talk about, you know, that you work with, but like just having like the general regular customer coming in and being like, oh my God, like this wrestling tee or this band tee, like I have such a connection to it. I I absolutely love that. I think it's one of the coolest things about the job. Um, sometimes people will ask us, they'll say like, what's your, what kind of people do you get? Like what sort of age, like uh, whatever. And I, it honestly is, you know, it could be uh, like a young high school kid or it could be like a great, or his grandpa who was like, I was at this concert in the 70s and this shirt is like bringing me back. And one of the coolest things about the job is getting the personal stories from people. And when people come in and say, I used to have that shirt, I used to like, oh, this is blowing my mind. Like, it, it's so cool for us. Um, and then there's, there's people who are collectors. And like you were mentioning, and it's just fun talking to them and learning about the stuff that they are into. And it's, it's one of the best parts of the job, for sure. Yeah, it's why I, I used to work in a video store. And, you know, I have I haven't let go of why I think video stores should exist, but it is that very reason. It's like, it's a place where like-minded people can go and not only rent movies, but just like talk with fellow, you know, passionate fans of this media or thing. So that's why I think like how vintage and like vinyl and all this stuff always has their moment or comes back. Um, why I think video stores will, will eventually creep their way back in. But I wanted to, um, you know, when we, we talk to vintage store owners like yourself, and I think you have a story like this, um, is sometimes, and leverage might be the wrong word, but like by happenstance, NBA players reach out because they're obviously into fashion. They're into vintage. Um, I think we have a note here. That one of the first people that ever reached out to you was Nick Young. Can you describe um, or tell us the story of how Nick Young reached out and, and, and what went down there? Man, probably like one of the coolest people that you could ever have your first interaction with, like an NBA fashion icon, one of the coolest guys. Um, Man, shout out to Nick. Like, he is such a cool guy. So nice. And, like, it's been a pleasure getting to interact with him. We uh, we actually met up with him just through just through our, our Grailed account, actually. Grailed's, like, wow. a reselling site for anyone who doesn't know. Yep. And he bought a shirt off there. And then basically, like, hit us with a message after. He bought a, it was a 2000 Up in Smoke, like, the M&M Snoop Dogg tour. Really cool rap tee. And, um... I believe he just messaged us after and said, like, hey, like, I don't know if you guys know me. <laughs> like, this is Nick Young <laughs> from the Lakers. <laughs> and yeah, he's like, I'd like, he's like, like, uh, do you guys have a store? Do you have more stuff that's like not posted here? So we got his information, um, sent him a bunch of pictures. He ended up grabbing a bunch of like really cool stuff off of us. And it's, he, and every once in a while, we'll still see on his page, like, he'll pop up and something that he got from us. And like, it's just wild to see. Um, but it, it is usually just something like that. Like it'll be either through like a DM or um, getting tagged in something and then people will uh, either like send it to them. Or it, It's just really cool. Like the social media era stuff that like, it's not like, it's not like Swaggy P would have been in Whitby, Ontario doing a little shopping and like happened to just walk into the store. So this day and age, like we, we try to take advantage of the opportunities, but also like the, um, just the aspects of like social media and being able to tag like a celebrity in a picture and like stuff that we never would have been able to do before. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Like when someone like Nick reaches out and obviously you guys start having these conversations, like how specific is he getting in terms of, you know, is he telling you, Oh, like I'm looking for things from specific eras or there's specific things that I'm looking for. Like, like how, how specific do these guys get? It completely varies by the person. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure his exact quote was like, just send me anything dope you've got. Send me pictures <laughs> of all the dope stuff in the store. Um, he's like a very, obviously he's like like a very, very fashionable guy. He can make whatever work. So he just wanted to see like anything cool we had. If it was hip hop stuff, if it was wrestling tees, if it was like old country tees even. Like he just wanted to see anything cool, like big graphics, colorful Anything swaggy, I guess you would say. Yeah. Now, when, when you dealt with swaggy, and then I think it was also Nikhil Alexander Walker, 
um, did your customer base change? Because you know they start seeing your pieces on these players. Does then did the, the the business and like the whole game of all change for you? A thousand percent. Um, I don't know if these guys even know like the kind of influence that they have on the businesses they shop at, and because I'm sure to him it's just you know getting a cool T-shirt and that. But for us, when we can post you know, Nick Young or Nikhil Alexander Walker or whoever else like was in here wearing this, like supporting it. We have people come in like to this day and they'll say like, Oh, I saw like, um, Alex was very kind, wrote us, wrote a really great article about our store for the Toronto star, which is like a big newspaper out here. And we have people come in like all the time still saying that they saw this, they saw this uh, article in the paper or their friend reposted a photo of an NBA player. And like, it's crazy. Like people will come in all the time saying, "Like, uh, like I heard NBA players shop here." Like it's just such a wild thing to think of that never would have seemed possible when I was out looking for swingman jerseys in the thrift store all those years ago. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, no, it's 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 so cool. And like even the like CJ mentioned the connection with Nikhil Alexander Walker. You know, I know it started when he was on the Pelicans, mm-hmm. and and you know he wore he got like a I think it was a Breath of Hitman tee from you, right? Yeah. Like that was yeah. one of the many things that he bought from you. And I remember seeing that in the tunnel, uh, like like you know I think in, in on league fits and stuff. And I'm sure you've seen oh you know him wearing a lot of the vintage hockey hats and like a lot of apparel that he's picked up from you guys. So with him, uh, I think you you had told me like this is one of those things where you guys when he was in town playing the Raptors, like you would bring like just like bags or like suitcases of like physical like items for like him and his teammates to, to just kind of check out what's that process like for you in terms of because there's a curation process to mm-hmm. that right those are some of the most fun days like we've ever had just first shout out Nikhil man he is such a good guy um i love it's great seeing him do well he's been one of our biggest supporters like from the time we met him to till now like he's he he actually he sent us a message today saying congratulations on five years at the store like he's just such a good guy that's awesome uh, i can't say enough good things about him um yeah he was another guy who we just happened to reach out to he was he was shopping down at another store in toronto we saw and um i could tell like not i I know you guys are gonna get me in trouble not to throw any shade or anything but i could tell like the places he was shopping he wasn't getting kind of what he was looking for he was looking for, you know, like some premium vintage stuff, not really like thrift stuff. And so we just, uh, we happened to see, I, th- I think, I think I'm going to expose myself. I think it was the other store actually posted like, thanks, Nikhil, for coming in. And we just, we just kind of jumped on it. We said like, hey, man, if you're looking for like this sort of stuff, this Bret Hart all over print, like these cool, like, uh, like wrestling tees, whatever, man, we got you. Like, uh, come on down. And he just said like, I'm, I'm coming today. So he he drove out and like, came awesome. down to the store. It was awesome. He actually uh he did an interview for NBA.com where they were asking him about his fashion sense and that. He he referenced that story. He said like the guys at Vintage Nine Hundred Five like kept the store open for me. Like I've been shopping there ever since. So he's been such a great guy and uh, such a big supporter man. And and yeah, just shout out to the the Canadian kids. <laughs> no, I think that's great. I I don't think you should feel too bad about you know seeing that post and going hey like you got to drum up. You know, there's so many, everyone's businesses, oh, we're vintage, we got old, you know, this mm-hmm. this stuff. And it's like, you got to differentiate yourself. And when you use your expertise to sort of like craft exactly what these guys are looking for, I think that's, you know, that's huge. That's what makes you great. So I, I, I'm curious, you know, with the NBA players and, and maybe celebrities who come in, like, what are some of the categories of vintage, you know, these these guys are, are looking for? Like, I think wrestling tees, you've obviously, obviously said, what, what other sort of categories are, are players really like hounding for these days? I would say um, a lot of them are looking for like just the '90s, anything that's that gives you that nostalgia feeling. Lots of uh, lots of panties, you know, like your Metallicas, your uh, your anything like that. Um, movies, movie stuff is always a big one. Any like comedies, hip hop tees are always a big one with them. Um, I, it's, it's a lot of t-shirts, but uh, like I remember Drew Holiday got a, a Flintstones movie t-shirt from us. <laughs> like, <laughs> viva rock vegas so it's it it could be anything man it's we always try to especially like uh when i was talking about going to the meetups and um how we curate that it really is just we try to bring a big variety of whatever's cool like i know it's such a general term and such like a an easy way to kind of explain it but we just grab 
that it's kind of always been our motto like with the stores like we grab stuff that we find interesting stuff that like we would like to wear and stuff that like appeals to us so that's we just kind of bring the best of that we we curate the store not to like hop on trends and not to go with like whatever's hot it's stuff that we think is interesting we think people will like stuff that gives you that nostalgic feeling where people of any age come in and they say you know if it's their first time seeing the wu-tang w they think well that's a cool looking shirt or you know a guy in his 30s 40s comes in and says like i grew up on that era like that is i remember people wearing that shirt so we just try to keep it curated to what we think represents the best of those times and then that's the sort of thing we try to bring when we do the meetups is whatever the best of the best of the stuff we curated is yeah and you know having having two canadians on 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 this episode right now you know i think one of the things that's been that's been trending up too is is hockey jerseys and just kind of vintage nhl stuff like have you noticed more of that too when you when you're interacting with with nba players and and athletes definitely i mean i think part of it too is you can't really sell your old champion sweat your your old champion jerseys and that to nba players right like Nikhil can't really wear a chicago bulls jordan jersey when you're playing in utah it would it look a little funny like wearing a different team in that. So I think hockey yeah. kind of gives uh it kind of gives that that freedom where they could wear you know a, a Chicago Blackhawks jersey as opposed to a Bulls. Um, and then like the '90s hockey jerseys are just like that, that stuff we can't even keep in uh, in stock anymore. Like the just some of the some of the best the best colorways and yeah, hockey stuff is definitely on the up though. Yeah, yeah so, um, uh, no, I want to no, ask no. you one more thing, CJ, my bad. Yeah, no, I, I just want to ask this before I forget, because I find it so interesting. It's like when these guys hit you up, you know, obviously there's, a, like I mentioned, a certain curation process, right? You've known CJ for how long have we been recording here? 25, <laughs> 25 yeah. minutes? Based on what you know about CJ, what he's wearing, if CJ's like, yo, come through today, I want you to just curate like a suitcase worth of, of stuff for me. What categories are you going to dive into for, for CJ? For CJ, I know you're a hat guy. We would we would bring a lot of yeah, hats. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. for starters. Um, I feel like you are a big '90s guy, man. Like we would try to do the movies. We would try to do the hip hop stuff. Um, we don't we don't carry many shoes. We do a few throwbacks, but I know you're a big a big sneakerhead. Yeah. So we CJ's we'd... basically big into everything. <laughs> CJ, <laughs> the, the... CJ has a problem. <laughs> Yeah, I have. It's a problem. And I was telling, you know, I was telling my wife, like the, the Jordan one lost and founds just came out. And so I bought like, you know, that's a lot of people's holy grails. It's it's like a holy grail to me, but more so it's like, if these are coming back around, there's not much else that needs to come back out. You know what I mean? So like, I mm-hmm. got those and I was like, I think I'm done. But then cut to an hour later, I'm already exactly what you said. Like I'm typing in on consignment sites, vintage movie hats and like, that's how I know I have a problem is when my searches are getting broader and broader. You know what I mean? I'm just like mm-hmm. looking for something new to be obsessed with. So I think that was a great sort of like diagnosis, Gavin, of, of what I would like. <laughs> Literally everything. I do. Yeah. Is- I, I, I think you'd be one of the easier guys for us to, <laughs> to pack for. Yeah. No, I think I think that's sick. Yeah, you, you're talking 90s movies ads. I was I almost pulled the trigger on, on a face-off uh, movie hat Ooh, on, on eBay. And then uh, a couple of days ago, I went back. I was like, "All right, I'm ready. Um, let's make make this happen." And it was gone. And that's the only one that I've seen pop up. And I'm sure we all have those stories uh, of things that have just kind of come and gone for us. So, uh, file that under uh, you know my my long list of regrets for for vintage. I was eyeing that for a long time because you guys know I got my speed hat. I had to the speed hat. The speed hat is iconic, <laughs> Alex. I actually so uh, real quick before we take a break, and then I want to ask you, Gavin, just. You know, there's a lot of beginners who listen to our, our, our podcast, so I want to get some advice from you. But the one sort of flex I wanted to give is I got, again, this is on Depop. I found a guy who didn't know what he had. He he bought a storage unit that had movie props in there. And so he had Beverly Hills Cop 3. I don't know if you guys remember this movie. They, they made like a fake Disney World in there. It was called Wonderland. And so there was a bunch of hats and, and crewnecks of Wonderland. And so like, it was just listed as like Wonderland. And I bought them for like, you know, 30 bucks. And everyone who who's seen that movie were like, where the hell did you get that? Is that a re is that a reprint or whatever? I'm like, who was reprinting Wonderland hats and shirts? And you know what I mean? So like 
again, that's what keeps me in the game. Um, do you guys have any any like wild, wildly obscure um, items like that? Um, oh, you know, Gavin, while you think, you know, so one of the things that I've been really into recently is like Canadian heritage stuff. So like in terms of just like sport, like sporting events, and like Canadian specific sports. So one of the biggest curling tournaments, you know, as, as you know, curling is a big deal here, here in Canada. Yeah. Um, the, the biggest tournament that's been running like, you know, in the past couple of decades, I think going way back is, is this tournament called like the Scott Tournament of Hearts. Uh, this is literally only something that like, it's like a deep cut for, for Canadians. And I found a really cool, and I found a seller who had a lot of just vintage old like curling merch, like hats and sweaters and stuff. And I recently picked up this really cool just Scott Tournament of Hearts uh, sweater. And it's just got like a sewn in like silhouette of someone just like curling uh, with the tournament. And it says like Thunder Bay, Ontario there, like a really small town as well reference. So I've been looking for those things, just like kind of deep cuts. Um, and I know there's a, you know, obviously in the US, there's a, the Kentucky Derby. We've got like our own like Woodbine racetracks, like our own kind of like Triple Crown races. I've been looking at a lot of those merch too. Just like Canadian stuff, like Canadian golf, PGA tournaments, um, and anything that's just very like deep cut Canadian for me. Those are the things I'm really diving into because, again, there isn't a huge market for it. There isn't a huge market for it. And you're going to find a lot of sellers online who this is really just stuff kind of like you were saying, CJ, with the movie props. They're just getting rid of stuff that they've had, like, yeah, like yeah. you know, like, like that they don't know. I mean, yeah, they don't know the value. And for me, like those are just like treasured items for me. No, absolutely. I, um, uh, I love, I love the smaller town stuff. Like I collect Whitby Oshawa stuff for, that's a real yeah, deep cut for anybody listening. Um, I, I have an eighties trucker hat that is the Oshawa mall. And it's when it used to have a bowling alley in it, it says Oshawa lanes at the Oshawa, at the Oshawa center. <laughs> that's amazing. It's, um, nobody knows what it is. Like even around here, <laughs> nobody like my age remembers when there was a bowling alley. I don't, it was, it must've been like early eighties or something. And I love stuff like that. Also, uh, a big, like, I love obscure, like, VHSs and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So I have a couple t-shirts from, um, I try to get, like, old video stores. Old old video stores. I have a couple that are, like, a couple Blockbuster promo tees. Yeah. Um, a few, like, 80s ones. I have a My Mom's a Werewolf with a pink <laughs> video on the front. Stuff like that I find so cool. It doesn't really do anything for anybody else. You know, it's not your your nirvana or your uh like rap tees or anything but stuff like that i find so interesting obscure toronto bands stuff like that is really cool to me yeah no, local dude, stuff and i think i think cj for you too like i feel yeah. like everything you tap into is like very like it's personal like there's a very yes. like personal touch to the stuff like you referencing like the beverly Hills cops movie like those are very specific specific things in your life and that's the thing i feel like whenever we talk about vintage i always try to tell people too is like when you talk about just like like personal taste or like personal style, that can be defined in so many different ways, right? Like for me, like recently, it's more getting into the Canadian stuff. I've also always been interested in picking up stuff like for some people that might not know, like I used to work like in accounting, like more an office job before I got into sports. Like I've been super into getting merch of just places that I used to work for. So like <laughs> yeah. Ernst & Young accounting firm, like I bought a vintage hat like on eBay like like the, for like 20 bucks like i have like golf shirts uh i worked at sears for a little bit too like at their head office so i look at like old sears stuff and that's a connection to me and i've been looking at a lot of university of toronto like engineering like leather jackets uh it's like it's just like the university like varsity jackets because that's what my parents always wanted me to get into so at some point i just want to pull up with that and be like you know here you go <laughs> i'm back no i think that's yeah, exactly yeah. and i want to get your take on this gavin uh, but I think that's how you keep it not as competitive and you keep sort of like it not being a fad is the personal connections and like the reason behind certain items. And then obviously like people will notice that or they, they start liking it. Like that's when it becomes a fad. But um, I, again, like that's how I sort of keep my vintage uh, hobby um, turned like obsession, like alive is like, oh yeah, what is that thing that sort of like triggers something in my brain, nostalgia or personal connection? Do you, do you have a lot of customers in that? And like, is that, you mentioned that's how you do it, but like, do you have a lot of customers who sort of have that sort of like fascination with, with vintage? Definitely. Um, a hundred percent. I, I agree with you like a thousand percent, everything you were saying there, CJ. And I really think you can extend that beyond vintage. Like 
TikTok sneakers or even any general hobbies and that you kind of have to do it for yourself. If you're just doing things like jumping trend to trend or trying to do what's hot, what's popular, you'll burn yourself out. You won't get as much enjoyment from it. If you're only trying to collect shirts that, you know, the vintage community thinks is cool and like what's hot right now, you, you won't get as much enjoyment out of it as, you know, your local city to your something that actually means something to you and speaks to you. And I think that a lot of our customers are like that. Like we, we have people who have been coming in, you know, since the day we opened and we know like, okay, this guy loves obscure horror tees. Like we'll put this aside. He'll be in again. And this guy collects like, you know, old skate tees, but like only certain brands. And like, when we get one, it's, it's a cool feeling for us. We're like, Oh, you know, Joe's going to love this. Like this is his, like, or we get like a cassette tape from old metal bands. Like, it's, it's really cool knowing it's a good feeling too helping somebody like build their collection when that's something that really speaks to them and, you know, gives them like pleasure. So it's, it's, it's a cool thing. And I, I do really think like for vintage clothing, for sneakers, for whatever your hobby is and, you know, beyond even just in life, like if you can really make stuff personal to you, you're going to get more enjoyment out of it. Don't do things just because of other people's perception or what the, community the sneaker community the vintage community things like you gotta at the end of the day you know it goes on your back it goes on your feet you gotta you gotta enjoy it yeah no this is um no this this is just three three dudes um into vintage (laughs) nerding out right now and and um yeah we we gotta take a break let's take a break and when we come back still want to get the story about gavin and the weekend and we'll talk talk a little bit more wrestling piece as well. So you're listening to Run of the Break. We'll, we'll be back after this. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG dot com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources mtv's official challenge podcast is back for another season and guess what so are we just in case you forgot i'm tori deal i'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion and i'm anisa ferrer and i've been gracing your screens for the last two decades i am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star and speaking of all-stars all-stars four is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Running the Break, still here with Gavin Clark. Gavin, the one story we haven't asked you about is the one involving The weekend, who I'm sure 
everyone is is familiar with. I'm not even going to tease this one. I'm going to just let you tell the whole story about this one. Awesome, man. Well, this is this is this is the one we get asked about a lot. Like, it's one of the coolest things that's ever happened in the store and just genuinely in my life. Like, this was a wild experience. Um, the weekend is obviously a music icon, but a huge Canadian presence and somebody that everybody around here like is a fan of. I'd say he's he's. Uh, I've been following his Instagram forever, just as a fan. And one day, just you know, scrolling through my feed on my personal account, uh, happened to come across Weekend's page, and he posted a Throwback Thursday picture. Him probably five, six years old, something like that. And he was wearing a, a 1991 Toronto Blue Jays T-shirt, which uh, you know, a nice, cool vintage tee. Um, and didn't think too much of. It. I thought like, oh, that's cool, like you know, to see the Weekend in an old Toronto Blue Jays tee. And then the next day when we were in going through some stuff, putting some new stuff out. We happen to have the exact same t-shirt, 1991 Toronto Blue Jays, but it was in an XL and like a full grown person size. And we thought, okay, we got to, this is, this is it. Like, this is our chance to connect with the weekend. We got to get this over to them. We did a, we did a post just like with a, with a screenshot of his page, him as a kid with the t-shirt, our picture of the t-shirt. And just said like, Hey guys, you know, if you could help us out, tag weekend in this post um you know let him know dm him do whatever let's let's really let's really get this across his feed and hopefully we thought hopefully like a few people will do it didn't really expect too much from it but it absolutely blew up like it ended <laughs> up getting just it's our most like post of all time our most interacted post with of all time um it ended up getting picked up by like it, i don't know how, how like much you guys know about the weekend's fan communities and that but he has like a cult following. It's crazy. I mean, we get, like weekend Brazil ended up reposting it and just like all <laughs> kinds of just different fan pages. And it was just like, it was just likes and comments and like every second that it was going on, it was, it was crazy to be just to see, like to see in real time happen. And then eventually his manager got in. He's like, okay guys, like stop, stop tagging us. Like it's good. We're getting way too much uh, notifications <laughs> over here. And he said like, uh, you know, what can we, what do you guys want for that t-shirt like we said we were, we're just gonna send it like we'd love to just you know work with you guys and do some business and keep us in mind when you need stuff in the future and um we ended up we ended up getting his information sending him the t-shirt over and he took uh, he took some time like um wrote us a really wrote us a nice letter sent us a few like autographed items thanking him for the t-shirt uh seemed very just like happy about it and it was really cool, and since then we've uh, we've got him a few more pieces. A really cool chalk line animation Toronto Blue Jays jacket that he took a picture wearing, That's posted great. on the Instagram. Like it, it was a really cool experience. Uh, we got a really nice frame poster from him. Like it says the Vintage Nine Hundred Five. Thank you for the Blue Jays T-shirt. Um, just a really cool experience. That like that that's one where people really come in and they're like, "What's on the weekend? Get stuff from here. Like we want to get stuff from here." So it, it was an amazing experience. Um, one of the cooler things that's like ever happened at the store. And yeah, just honestly blessed with that to get that kind of opportunity. Yeah, no, shout out to you. I mean, again, I, I've been saying it, it's like the best people in this game aren't people who are just necessarily finding, you know, the oldest, most rare stuff. But to have that, like, I, I don't know, even what, like, I guess it's like customer service. Like, you notice like this is gonna this is gonna be a, a moment you know what i mean so i, I love um sort of your guys is just like um voice in the in the community that's really cool thank you i think that ties back kind of to what we were what we were talking about uh just before the break there yeah. about um customers who want who are looking for something in particular and being able to mm -hmm. recognize that and who doesn't want you know their favorite shirt from when they were a kid it doesn't he doesn't matter how you know how much money you've got or like that's a cool feeling to have something you genuinely liked as a kid and gives you that kind of nostalgia feeling and those warm memories like yeah, we can, can go out and buy whatever kind of designer or however expensive shirt or whatever but you can't go and get that exact same one that you had as a kid and we figured even though you know he is a big famous celebrity and that that's something that pretty much anybody would want to be a part of and it was cool yeah. that we could make that happen to him and to just kind of genuinely feel like he appreciated it was pretty awesome day at the job. Yeah, and you've had people from uh, Drake's camp come in and shop too, right? You guys have some connections there too. Absolutely, man. Um, one of the one of just the 
not only like nicest celebrities or whatever, one of the nicest people I've ever come across in, in our experience doing this is Boy Wanda, mega producer, you know, Grammys, million times platinum, done work with Beyonce, Kendrick, Drake, like anybody, anybody you can think of in the music industry he's produced for. And just couldn't be a nicer guy. Just one day we had a just a DM saying, "Hey, is it cool if I come by?" From Boy Wanda, we said, "Yes, man, absolutely. You can come by anytime <laughs> you'd like. <laughs> Feel free to bring Drake." And um, so he, he's been another guy who's just been so supportive and um, amazing guy. Like amazing father. He brings his daughter in all the time, and he's he. Genuinely, like he'll ask me and Mike, like you know, how your family's doing. How's he's not just there to quickly grab the the, the most expensive teas and get out. Like it's it's really cool to see, you know, how to say like don't meet your heroes or whatever. Sometimes like some of these people have just been amazing to interact with, and it really has been a cool experience. And it's uh it's crazy for a little little shop from outside of Toronto to get all these kind of opportunities. What's the coolest yeah. piece that he's picked up? Man, he's grabbed so much stuff. He's like. He literally grabs, he'll get, you know, like a $500 rap tee or whatever. Then he'll also grab like a $25 Marvel tee. Just cause like he, he's a, like we were talking about, he's a guy who really shops for what he likes. He'll go, he'll go picking through like the $10 room to see if there's any, anything cool in there. Like he really, um, stays true to himself. And I think maybe the coolest thing he ever got, he's grabbed some really good man tees. Um, he grabbed a really cool, like an original Star Wars tee one time, like a, a really good. Um, a, it was a it was a '90s one, but it was for like an episode six or something. Like really cool stuff. And he's a guy yeah. who just genuinely shops for what he likes. And yeah, that's really cool, man. Shout out, Boy Wonder. I can't say enough good things about that guy. That's great. Well, we talk about the celebrities, but we have a lot of regular NBA fans who listen to the podcast and who I've had people reach out and be like, man, I wasn't that into vintage, you know, until I listened to you guys. But do you have any sort of advice, um, not just on like picking up the best stuff, but like culturally, like, like we've mentioned, get what you like. But for someone who's just bringing in a vintage now, is there any advice you would give them to maybe not like fake the funk a little bit, but just like, yeah, like have a good time and like maybe pick up some really great pieces. Any, any, like we, we don't want to be gatekeepers here. So we love some no, advice. No, of course. Yeah, that's one thing. Like um, I'm, I'm always down to, to help people out who are looking to get into vintage or have questions for that. Cause like everybody starts somewhere. And we were at a point one time where people helped us. And I think, so I think a big thing in the community is paying it forward and doing what you can to help people out. My advice would be, like we talked about before, just keeping true to yourself. Don't try to jump from trend to trend. But also don't, like just because vintage is popular now and there is money to be made in that, don't think it's going to be a, a get-rich-quick scheme. It's it's like anything. It requires a lot of hard work. It doesn't happen overnight. Like We're just kind of getting to the places where we want to be at. And we've been doing this, I don't know, seven plus years and five years in our current location. And there's always going to be challenges and don't expect just a, you know, straight line to success. There's going to be hills and valleys, and and um, but mostly just stay true to yourself. Do things that you like, and uh, don't try to. I think some of the coolest stores are are some of the ones that like they don't even cater to the stuff that I like. Like I just enjoy the authenticity of certain places, knowing like okay, they've really curated around what they think is cool stuff, and it people can tell. People can tell when you're faking the funk, like you said. I do think like we've talked a lot about trends and stuff like there's like a certain mentality I feel like of people who think that like uh, you know because a tea is like $300 versus something that you find in like the $10 uh, like in the $10 bin that there's just that $300 tea is the thing that you need to absolutely kind of own in order to feel like you have a really cool vintage piece whereas like I feel like once you get in it's like you can appreciate just like a T for like its graphic or what it's saying or what era it's coming from. And it doesn't matter what the price point is, right? Like I think people coming in need to have a separation of that and not feel the pressure to, to, to need to spend the most amount of money. Uh, whereas they can still get the same fulfillment and enjoyment for a lot of people um, in that way. Because we talk about celebs and like NBA players, they obviously have more disposable income than say like the average person who wants to get into thrifting and vintage and that's the thing that i always tell people is that like hey 
like you can get fulfillment and enjoyment in vintage and finding stuff at like any price point a thousand percent i i think too like just the fact that you have a closet full of really expensive tees or whatever doesn't make you have good style you know Mm -hmm. you've got to be able to pull it off with with whatever like the people who are just mix and matching you know designer pants and like their most expensive vintage tee and like sometimes it's not a good fit like you can see guys pull it off with you know a pair of thrifted cargo pants or uh like a blank tee that's really faded and it just it's stay true to your style and what you like and don't just buy something because it's expensive like a lot of times those tees are cool don't get me wrong like there's they're expensive for a reason but you can find some really good stuff we've all splurged (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's i I think um i think it's a testament to somebody when they're not wearing the most expensive stuff and they can pull off a really good outfit I know you're a busy guy, so I have one last question. You've worked with all these, you know, amazing NBA players. Is there one NBA player out there that you've seen on League Fits or wherever, or just like who's on your wish list to work with, and and why? Man, there's so many. I it's it's cool being a part of a very small part, but being a part of this like NBA fashion because it's it's such great style, and so many guys are awesome. Um, I think Jordan Clarkson, like, like that's got to be, JC's got to be way up there. Yeah. Um, Shea would be an amazing one. Nikhil's kind of keeping us to himself though, and I can respect that. <laughs> um, there's, there's so many good ones, man. Where, like, even guys who aren't all over league fits, there's so much like just depth for style in the league, and I'm sure there's guys that it's never even occurred to me like it would be great to work with them, and they could be the best customer, like. They can buy the most interesting things and have a great perspective on stuff. So we're we're just super happy with any opportunity we've had, all the amazing people we've got to work with, and um, uh, we're 100% open to working with anybody in the future. Actually, let me let me put a quick asterisk on that. Somebody from the Toronto Raptors, man, because we mm. need we need a uh, we need somebody there. Like a Gary Trent would be perfect. You yeah, don't want to get yeah. Scotty Barnes because he might come and return it. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know that one, too, CJ? Oh, that's a course, national city story boys. Oh. Of course. Oh, my God. I walk God. around my house screaming, City Boys. <laughs> and people, oh, and my God. wife is like, What's going on? You know? I'm, oh, so, I'm so embarrassed that uh, that story has made it to the U.S. No, I, was to, I was trying to is, keep that in house. I was trying to keep that in house. He's rising the ranks <laughs> in my favorites, but that clip was like so relatable, and yeah, and oh, it just man. had a great catchphrase. So no, um, I, I, I think that I think the Raptors is a good call out, Gavin, because um, because a lot of young guys obviously uh, on that team, and I think they're kind of in, in that wave of of like they you have the stuff that that they would be interested in and actually wearing. Um, so as you know, I'm around the team. You know what? I'm gonna put that vintage 905 in their ear. All right, because uh, because I, I, I know like. I know Chris Boucher. I know Chris Boucher. I've I've seen him a couple of times. Like when when we've gone to like certain events together in spaces, I've seen vintage guys come up to him and just like kind of drop off like t-shirts and like kind of just like show him stuff. So like you know what, I'm gonna try to make that happen for you. All right, Gavin. Uh, yeah, but but, but in the meantime, been, yeah. <laughs> What's up? You you've been an awesome supporter of us, man. Um, I appreciate that a ton, dude. Uh, also, oh, no, maybe throw a good. word with a Gary Trent senior. <laughs> yeah, 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 Gary Trent Sr. is a is a is a friend here too, so we can do that. No, but everybody should follow follow uh, Vintage Nine Hundred Five on 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 IG. Um, I can't tell you how many times Gavin's posted stuff, and I'm like, yo, is that an XL? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah that's it. Yeah. Uh, but but no, it's Gavin, Gavin, I look forward to to coming to the shop again soon. Um, and I'm glad you got connected with CJ and appreciate you sharing all the stories. As always, thank you everyone for for listening to Running the Break. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and please rate and review. Thanks again to all our producers behind the scenes, Pete, uh, and, you know, absent today, but we're still, you know, going to shout, shout you two out, Grace and Kurt. Uh, but a special shout out to Pete during working uh, during the five day Thanksgiving holiday <laughs> weekend in the U.S. So shout to you, Pete. And thank you for again for listening to, to Running the Break. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.